Welcome to Still Pretty, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast from Chipperish Media. I'm film scholar suffering the afterness of a bad night of badness, Noelle LaCroix. <laughs> and I'm story expert and Ms. I spent the 60s in an electric Kool-Aid funky Satan groove, Lonnie Diane Rich. And we are here today to talk about Beer Bad, the fifth episode of season four. Beer Bad aired on November 2nd, 1999 and was written by Tracy Forbes and directed by David Solomon. All right, everybody, as you know, you can say it with me. This is a fully spoiled Buffy podcast. So if you have not seen all of Buffy, go ahead and give it a watch. Come on back. It'll be well worth it. I'm tired of you men and your manness. All right, let's go on patrol. bad, Buffy daydreams of a grateful Parker after she saves him from vampires and then wakes up from her reverie to watch him flirt with another girl in class. Later, she mopes over Parker while Xander practices his listening skills for his new job as a bartender on campus. Buffy wonders if maybe Parker will wake up and smell the Buffy, but Willow is having none of it. Buffy, that is my best friend. You need to think about not Parker. He's no good. Buffy goes to the bar to support Xander on his first night at work. And of course, Parker is there with another girl. Buffy talks to Riley, who is not impressed with Parker and his girl chasing. He walks away and Buffy watches Parker kiss the girl in the bar and he looks like an infant gumming a teething ring and you'd think that display would snap her out of it, but no, she remains wistful. Get it together, Buffy. Jesus. Meanwhile, Xander tries to flirt with a girl at the bar and a douchey college guy who has clearly seen Goodwill hunting and also clearly missed the point mocks Xander with a big serving of pseudo-intellectual word salad, then orders a pitcher of beer. How's about I see some ID? Because you're not getting a drop until I'm satisfied. Just give him a beer. Buffy tries to talk to Xander about Parker, but he gets called away and she ends up drinking beer with douchebag McGee and his buddies. Willow goes to the bronze with Oz to watch a band play, the lead singer of which is Veruca. Oz can't take his eyes off Veruca as she sings, and the next morning, Willow is still annoyed. She tries to talk to Buffy, but Buffy is suffering the after effects of last night's beer fest. Do you want to talk about it? I went to see Xander. Oh, I saw Parker. Then came beer. In psychology class, Buffy's post-beer weirdness takes a turn as she snatches a sandwich out of the hands of the girl in front of her and starts to eat it ravenously. Willow's concerned, and then we see a shot of a lab in a basement dripping something into the beer. Oh no! It really is bad beer! That night at the bar, Buffy is hanging out with the douchebag quartet, drinking and regressing a few notches down the evolutionary ladder. Oz finds Willow in the hallway of her dorm, says he's going to be playing with Veruca's band that night and asks her to go. She doesn't particularly want to see Veruca again, so she declines. At the bar, Xander shoes Buffy out as he closes, and she is not in good shape. Buffy, go home and go to bed. Say bye. 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 Willow finds Parker in the student lounge and gives him a piece of her mind about how he treated Buffy. He says he doesn't owe Willow an explanation, then invites her to sit down while he explains. Back at the bar, the douchebag quartet turns into the cave bro quartet as one of them emerges from the bathroom all Neanderthal style and knocks Xander out. Xander wakes up and chases them out with his lighter and then runs to tell his boss, who says the effects will wear off in a day or two. 
Neat, huh? My brother-in-law's a warlock. He showed me how to do that. No, no neat. I served them that beer. I served Buffy that beer. On campus, the cavemen are acting like drunken frat boys. Xander brings Giles to Buffy's dorm, where they find her drawing stick figure Parker on the wall with lipstick and rocking a full-blown wild woman mane. At the student lounge, Parker tries his seduction shtick on Willow, and she tells him off right as the cave boys break into the place. They knock both Willow and Parker out with clubs. Meanwhile, back at the dorm... Jack said the effects of the beer would wear off. Beer? Buffy want beer. You can't have beer. Want beer. Giles, don't make Cave Slayer unhappy. Buffy knocks Giles down and rushes out in search of beer. Xander rushes out to find Buffy, and when he does, they see the fire that the cave boys started in the student lounge, where Willow and Parker are knocked out on the floor. Buffy rushes in to see the fire, but when she sees Willow on the floor, she rushes over to her. Xander comes in looking for Buffy, but doesn't see her. Buffy knocks out a window and gets everyone out of the student lounge. Xander pulls people from the fire, and Willow tells him Buffy's still in there. Inside, Parker wakes up and panics. Buffy, what do we do? Oh, God. Buffy picks up Parker and gets him out of the burning building. Later, while the firemen clean up, Parker comes up to Buffy. Buffy, I, I don't know how to say this. I'm sorry for how I treated you before. It was wrong of me, and I'm sorry. You were great tonight, really. I may not deserve this, but do you think you could forgive me? I gotta tell you, uh, Beer Bad is one of the most famously terrible episodes of Buffy. It is widely reviled. Um, it annoys people. I used to not like it. I really kind of enjoyed this episode this time around. I think that it's funny. It's charming in a lot of ways. I like what's going on with our characters. Um, we have a really great, you know, Parker, grateful to Buffy, you know, uh, book ending thing with the beginning and the end. Um, I think it's kind of good. How did you feel about Beer Bad? Okay. If you shook me awake in the middle of the night and said, Noelle, name the two worst episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> I would probably say Go Fish and Beer Bad after cussing you out for waking me up <laughs> when you're not bleeding, drowning, and or on fire. <laughs> but if we think about that, if we look back, if we look back at Go Fish, I didn't actually hate that. Um, oh, yeah. I had some no, issues with is it. Terrible. But... <laughs> I don't actually, I don't actually hate it. Yeah. And this mm -hmm. episode for me suffers from the go fish problem. It's so right. universally reviled. And I mean, maybe a low bar benefits everyone. But right. when I actually watched it, it's pretty good. It was an enjoyable episode. I... I'm kind of surprised because I always used to kind of hate this episode, but I think maybe that is one of those things that like you're supposed to hate Reptile Boy, right? Reptile Boy, Go Fish and Beer Bad, I think are the ones that most often people put down at the bottom of their, you know, Buffy list of, mm -hmm. you know, of episodes. Um, and I thought Reptile Boy was good. I actually will to this day defend Reptile Boy. It's got a like a tight narrative. We've already had that discussion. Anybody who wants to go back and listen to the episode about Reptile Boy, it's all there. Um, but this episode actually does have some nice 
structure. It has a, an arc for Buffy in the Parker thing, right? Um, and there's great Xander. There's, you know, fun Willow. There's like, there's some really great stuff going on in this episode. And I don't hate the Neanderthal thing, you know, I, the cave yeah, bro thing. I, this episode is hilarious. And Cave yeah. Slayer grows on yes. me every time I see her. Um, <laughs> I hate mint green shirt bro and I want to stab yeah. him in the neck, but we're supposed right. to want to stab him in the neck. So that works. Right. Um, uh-huh. I suspect what people are responding to negatively with this episode isn't necessarily the writing or the execution because the performances are great. Um, mm-hmm. But for people who aren't just fans of the show as a whole and what it's doing, but really identify with Buffy herself, it might right. be hard to watch her be almost ghoulish in how ridiculous she is. I mean, and she yeah. is having a rough start to season four. Like, there's no oh, yeah. denying it. This Buffy, like, she, I mean, she needs to get over Parker. Not in a, like, not in a she needs to be done feeling her feelings way, but in a Mm -hmm. he is obviously not worth her time and attention. She doesn't, Mm -hmm. the the pining and the, like, hoping he'll take her back. Change his mind? Yeah. Yeah. No. Buffy, no. Mm -hmm. No. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I get, I get that if, if Buffy is somebody that you strongly identify with as a heroic figure like uh-huh. seeing her be this like cave toddler is right. <laughs> is really probably not enjoyable but for for my money like it's yeah it's adorable i i love yeah. i love cave cave slayer buffy uh, yeah i also think that part of the reason why people don't like this episode is because it has that after school special kind of patina to it you know um they actually wrote this story trying to uh get funds from the office of national drug control policy that that had some money available to uh to shows that you know did did episodes that promoted like anti-drug you know storylines and whatever uh in the end they decided that it wasn't anti-drug enough um, and uh, and so they didn't give them the money anyway. Um, but it, it does have that kind of um, after school special, the more you know, kind of feel to it. And I think that that can be irritating. And also because they were reaching for something that was outside of the context of Buffy and this season and like what they're doing with her. They were kind of reaching for something else for reasons other than this is the best story to tell at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that may have had something of an effect because it does sort of stand out from the season. It's it's a little bit weird in context with the rest of the season. Um, but But I think that overall... It's kind of a fun episode. It's kind of cute. Yeah, it's really, I found it really quite enjoyable um, these mm-hmm. several times through. And yes. I love Xander in this episode. Oh, yeah. And I, I kind of don't know how to process it because, right. you know, as we all know, I, I have a special, a, a special evil place in my heart for Xander <laughs> <laughs> where I just, he can just do, you know, it doesn't matter how good he is. I, I somehow find fault with him. Um, yeah, I'm the exact opposite. No matter how bad he is, I always find a way to be like, oh, but it's Sander. Oh, but you it's know, Sander. yeah. But he is great. Yeah. He's great yeah. in this episode. Uh, yeah. Full stop. Mm-hmm. He's got a new job and he is 
into it, which I yes. love. He's practicing. He's so adorable. He's got I his know. lighter and his bar He's towel so sweet. and his, <laughs> his fake ID <laughs> with with that mustache. Yes. yes. Oh my god. Oh god, it's I, so cute. You know, Nick Brendan can rock a mustache though. I'm I'm not usually yeah. like I don't usually go for the mustache look. But he's got, yeah. there's some like 70s, we get some like 70s Xander in that fake yeah. ID picture. But I love, I love Willow saying that what gives it away as a fake idea is looking at it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little it's bit. It's cute. And yeah. it's from Ohio, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Right. Um. You know, and then when Buffy is having a really terrible day, you know, he's practicing his whole, like, empathetic bartender shtick. Yes. But then when Buffy is at the pub and having a genuinely terrible time, he's actually concerned about her and he's ready yes. to listen. And it doesn't have that, that you know, gross veneer of smarmy bartender who's trying to look no. empathetic. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really, it's really very good. And I love, I love his concern for Buffy all the way through. I love, yeah. I love him taking care of drunk cave slayer Buffy. <laughs> it's so <laughs> sweet. It is. It's really sweet how, um, you know, because we've had him, you know, pay close attention to Buffy in earlier seasons. And when he does, it kind of had this gross kind of, you know, he wanted something from her. He wanted her attention. He wanted her romantically, you know, all this kind of stuff. And now he's just genuinely caring for her without wanting anything from her. And I think that that makes this, you know, really great Xander. And Xander, when he's at his, his best, is this, he's the empathetic one. He's the one with the heart. He's the one who keeps us emotionally connected. He's, you know, he has that role now. And I really like him. Like, I just, I love him. I don't like him with Anya. I think it's him and Anya, the way that he treats Anya for the rest of the run of, of Buffy, that, that always bothers me about him. But outside of that, I love his role as being the the heart and the connection, the emotional connection, the empathy. Um, I think that's great. There's also something really kind of sweet and sad about him being a bartender when we know mm-hmm. that alcoholism is something that exists in his family. Yeah. And of course, we get we get a kind of a fake sociopolitical commentary in this episode because we have our mm-hmm. douchey dude bro shirt pastel shirt you know economics class not like i'm not i'm not gonna scratch but there is i mean the the that underlying message of you know these guys think they can treat people in the service industry like shit because they're you know Mm -hmm. uc sunnydale students they're they're college students i mean not to knock the UC schools, like they're they are wonderful schools, and this is not this is not some elite, you know, preparatory school that we're at. This is a right. It's not Harvard, dude. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's, <laughs> and if it if it was, you'd still be an asshole, right? But like, it, it, you'd yeah. still be an asshole, but acting like you are so far superior to the guy right. who's pouring your drinks. I mean, it it that's that, but that is something that really really irks me so i love mm-hmm. xander calculating the tip for them you know yes. what do people tip 30 percent. 
Yes. Tip mm-hmm. 30% if you can. Tip your servers, tip your bartenders, your piercers, your dominatrices, whatever. Like, <laughs> tip your service industry people. I love, I love that you know off the top of your head the plural of dominatrix. I just have to throw out a little appreciation for that. As you were, soldier. Keep going. <laughs> I think that that's actually faux pluralization, mm-hmm. the X and it, whatever. That's a different podcast. Right. It's cute, though. <laughs> welcome, I liked to, it. welcome to the Chipperish Etymology Hour. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I would love that. I would so listen to an etymology podcast. <laughs> there, Anytime you want to do it. There yes. probably are some good ones. I am in no way. I imagine there I'm are. I'm in no way qualified. I am an armchair etymologist. Etymologist? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's nice. I love but it. But yes, but like tip your people, like tip people, yeah. tip them in cash if you can. That's my little PSA. Sometimes I get preachy oh, on the yeah. podcast. This is my sermon for today. Oh. Tip, <laughs> tip, tip, tip. So Xander, we're talking about Xander mm-hmm. and how wonderful he is. I do. I love that moment with him and the guys when they're all, you know, they're starting to <laughs> devolve. Yes. Um, and then Xander with Chekhov's fire. You know, right. we've had the lighter yeah. the whole time and he's going to, you know, <laughs> he's going to mm-hmm. light someone's cigarette for them. Then, of course, right. that never happens. Um, <laughs> but he does manage to kick the guys out of the bar with the cunning use of pocket fire. And yes. there's just something great about that. I like I like seeing that little bit of Buffy sort of wear off on Xander, the mm-hmm. Buffy who uses whatever is around her to yeah. solve her problems mm-hmm. it's great right. it's great and of mm-hmm. course you know the lighter like the lighter was a very hard-working lighter i feel like it should be used yes. ultimately in mm-hmm. the story um and and he's so you know as we mentioned before he's so concerned he's genuinely concerned for buffy mm-hmm. and for the and for the guys the guys are horrible but he says you know he says to jack yeah. not neat i served them that beer you know, mm-hmm. and then of course he realizes I served Buffy that beer, and holy shit, right. we have Cave Slayer on our hands. But like, <laughs> but you know what? What Jack, the owner, is he the the uh-huh. owner of the pub? I guess he's the owner. I guess, or whatever. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What he has done, I mean, is truly shitty. Getting Xander in yeah. on his revenge scheme without, yeah. you know, his his knowledge or consent although i do love mm-hmm. him saying my brother-in-law is a warlock he showed me right. how to do it like this is sunnydale like everybody's got a warlock <laughs> on the side you know everybody's <laughs> everybody's got one in the family yeah, everybody exactly. like somebody's everybody has like an ex-demon once removed it's fine this right. is just how we go- mm-hmm. this is how we roll in sunnydale mm-hmm. i also really love uh the way that xander was um was really super aware of his um complicity you know, I served them that beer. I served Buffy that beer. You made me do something that I don't agree with. And so it wasn't just a violation of them, but it was a violation of him. Mm-hmm. And he recognizes that. And I kind of liked that, you know, that he felt that kind of that both that responsibility and this recognition that like this guy made you complicit in something that you, you know, no intent of doing um, and didn't, you know, and don't believe in. And um, and so I, I like that he like had that consciousness of that. And then, of course, Dad Giles swoops in and oh. Sander says, I didn't know it was evil. And Giles says, you knew it was was beer (laughs) (laughs) which is so so cute so great yeah that whole i love that whole thing that Mm -hmm. whole scene well excuse me mr eyes bent the 60s in an electric kool-aid funky satan groove (laughs) exactly 
<laughs> to which Giles says, it was the early 70s and you should know better, which is just, I, I love, I love those two. I love the Xander so Giles great. show. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love no, it. they've love got it. a great dynamic. Yep. Mm-hmm. And of course, at the end, Xander goes rushing into the burning building. Just yeah, totally heroic. Doesn't yeah, it's I mean some great Sander doesn't manage to pull anybody out, you know, doesn't see Buffy, but he does right. He just goes but for he it. He goes in. Yeah. He goes in, you know, and he's he sees what's going on, you know, and he's he's got a lay of the land. And then, you know, pulling the people out of the window when Buffy knocks it open, you know, I mean he's there rescuing people and it's it's nice it's great it's some good xander so like a good show good show xander even his even his his bellowy nothing can defeat the penis line is funny well it is because he's saying it ironically you know he's making fun of that you know that idea and i i just thought it was really really cute i like it all I like it all. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm Xander. sorry if I'm I'm disappointing anybody by like not laying down all the hate on this episode. <laughs> There's some good stuff. It's a good episode. I will say I think it's a good episode. I mean, and we get we get some some lovely lovely Riley. Not enough Riley. Mm-hmm. There's not enough Riley for my taste. <laughs> because of course, uh, uh. you know, Buffy, Buffy and, and all the boys, man, so mm-hmm. many boys, you know, she's trying yeah. to spy on Parker and bumps into Riley and his big, tall drink of water. <laughs> which, right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that it's water that he has in that glass. Uh, I have had cannon. It seems like water. It's he's, water. He's Iowa. He's Iowa boy. Oh, it's yeah. It's water. Yep. It is. a. <laughs> he is a big, tall drink of water flowing under a covered bridge in Iowa. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's OK. You can love up on Riley all you want. And honestly, like, you know, at this point, Riley's great up until this point, you know, so far, like he's he's been great. There's good Riley. I just have so much hate for him that it, it it infects you know the current moment but you're absolutely right he's he's adorable and he's really great in this scene i really like his response to buffy bumping into mm-hmm. him you know i'm not saying you can't tunnel through me i just think the other way is quicker and then buffy says in my defense you do take up a lot of space yes <laughs> he yes, does it's pretty he cute. does he is mm-hmm. he is enormous he's a big guy he's an enormous yeah enormous hunky man person <laughs> thing <laughs> i love you being delighted by riley so, i really do oh my god he's so good looking it's such a problem mm-hmm. and he's so okay now he's very sweet and i think that here he's the anti parker right because she's mm-hmm. she literally bumps into him when she is trying to spy on parker and his right mm-hmm. air quotes date um yes so i mean this is what we're led to believe this is what we've been led to believe all along and of course riley is not impressed by parker right. and his his girl chasing antics um but i think it's interesting that in this scene Riley invokes his father. He says, maybe I'm old fashioned, but my father says, if you want to be a gentleman. And we know Mm -hmm. that Parker's father is dead and that he uses that information to manipulate women into sleeping with him. Um, Mm -hmm. So in contrast, here's Riley with his father, who is alive and well and schooling his son, you know, on the art of being a gentleman. And it's just a little it's it's so, so subtle. But this Mm -hmm. like. I don't know, like the 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 role of a 
positive male role model in the shaping of the young men of today or some shit. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting to me that like basically the only thing we know about Parker other than that he is manipulative and shallow is that his father is dead. And here we're learning about, you know, we're learning about Riley and, you know, maybe I'm old fashioned, like as Mm -hmm. opposed to as opposed to what Parker's like new, you know, modern casual sex rap that he gives us later on. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's it is one thing that does bother me about this episode is it kind of seems to want to be saying something about casual sex, but it can't make up its mind. Like, yeah, yeah, because we have, you know, when we get to Parker later and he's defending, you know, his whole thing. Right. And the thing is that, like, the casual sex thing isn't actually where the problem is with Parker. Exactly. The fact that he manipulated Buffy into thinking that there was more because he she wasn't going to give him casual sex. So that's not casual sex. That's manipulation. But it does feel like the episode is kind of giving a, a very strong side eye to casual sex because Riley's got this whole maybe I'm old fashioned if you want to be a gentleman, you know, all this kind of stuff. This like, you know, corn fed Iowa boy stuff, you know. Yeah. And I think that um, I think that the show kind of it, it does the show, this episode of the show does seem to have some moralizing, you know, on its mind, um, the way that it presents, because it does present Riley as as the anti Parker. I think it's a fabulous pull about the the reflection of the two fathers, you know, and the roles and what they taught these these boys or what, you know, maybe a lack of a father did to Parker or whatever. But it does feel a little like because Riley's our, our, you know, quote unquote, good guy and the guy that we want for Buffy, you know, that him saying that he wouldn't, you know, see sex as being casual, um, that that kind of, you know, implicates the that casual sex itself is a bad thing rather than necessarily the manipulation that Parker you know, is doing, mm-hmm. which is what's really the bad thing about it. Two people who are consenting and casual. That's awesome. Have fun. Go at it. You know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It does. It does feel a little. It, there's a lot of uh, there's a sense of a lot of moralizing in this episode, which I think is part of the reason why it it comes off so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when Parker's doing his little rap about casual sex mm-hmm. for Willow, like, yeah, he's right about mm-hmm. that, except that he never, you know, when he says that, you know, people should be able to have sex and just enjoy it and, you know, move on with their lives and not yeah. have it mean mm-hmm. anything. He's absolutely correct about that. But he also he sets up this false um, yeah. sense of knowledge in mm-hmm. like he pretends like he and Buffy were on the same page about what this was when clearly, clearly his whole shtick clearly. that he tries to do on mm-hmm. Willow is the, oh, I can talk only to you. I've only never to. felt You're the so- only one who understands oh my me. God. Yes. It's so like that's the part that's so gross. But I do want to I, I just wanted to mention that because casual sex is not something that really happens in the Buffy verse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it's not given any sort of. Um, it's not given a lot of space. 
as it's not and when it happens it's a bad thing like you know xander had that like girl in season seven that he met at the um you know at the home depot store and then she ends up stringing him up over the seal in the basement of the so like he was going to have casual sex with this woman and then it turned really really bad and even buffy and spike while they are having sex in season six they're um He's in love with her, but she's not in love with him. She's using him. She's, you know, and she's unhappy and empty in the experience, even though it seems to me like in the moment, I mean, it's Spike. She's having a good time for some of it. Yeah. You know, Um, so, yeah, it's uh, I think we do tend to to really, really frown on casual sex. Now, part of it, too, is that, you know, if you're going to bring in a character for somebody to sleep with, you want to develop that character and you do that by you know, making them part of the the life of that character. Like, you know, we're not going to spend time talking about the casual people because they're casual and they come and they go. Right. You know, um, you know, so to speak. So to speak. Um, yeah, that was really right. well done. I wanted that to be Why, intentional. <laughs> yes, it wasn't, but I I pulled it out. Yeah. Um. So to speak. So to anyway. speak. <laughs> See, now it's that whole phenomenon where once you say something with a sexual like euphemism, everything well, sounds sexual. Yeah, it's yeah. a problem. And when yeah. you're taught, I mean, and when you're talking about sex. Everything can sound sexual pretty quickly. Um, yes. But yes, I mean, from a story perspective, absolutely. Casual mm-hmm. sex, it doesn't, it doesn't make a great story because, yeah. you know, if it's done, if it's done in a healthy, respectful way. Uh, it's easy. No conflict. Lot, you know, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't advance the narrative unless mm-hmm. the narrative is about a character having casual sex. I'm not even sure. Well, because the whole thing, what moves the narrative forward for these characters and what, what pushes these character arcs is, are things being difficult. And the very nature of casual sex when it's done right is that it's easy. Mm-hmm. You don't care. You're not vulnerable. You're not emotionally invested right. in this person. You know, they can't hurt you unless you specifically request with a safe word. Um, you know, there's there's all of that stuff, you know. So it just it, casual sex in and of itself is really easy. Um, except for a circumstance like this with Parker, where he was lying and pretending that he wanted more than casual sex and then turning around and gaslighting Buffy about, well, you knew what we were doing. You know, I was very clear. You were not, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that like casual sex narratively, because it is easy and easy is not something that pushes a narrative forward. Easy is boring. We don't want to see people with easy lives. We want to see people get tormented and you get tormented when you're emotionally invested in something. Um, and the whole point of casual sex is not to be. So I think there are a lot of reasons why they don't do it. Um, but even to talk about it, you know, uh, quote unquote, casually, you know, and have somebody be like, yeah, you know, I slept with somebody last night. It was great. Boom. And that's done. I mean, you know, maybe you could you could kind of have that reflection there. But usually we have when we have a, a character who has casual sex, it's because something's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that is Faith's attitude towards sex. Yes. You just enjoy mm-hmm. you just enjoy this person physically and then you kick them out. And take a shower. Right. And it's seen as coming from her damage and her mm-hmm. unwillingness to be vulnerable and connected yep. rather than, you know, just like this is a sexual thing and it's fun and that's it. Yeah. You know? And we see that. We'll see that later on with Faith when mm-hmm. she is in Buffy's body 
and sleeps yes. with Riley. And that, mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk about that. But we're oh, not there yet. Oh, that's going to be good. It's yes. so good. That's so good. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, I have, I've drooled over Riley enough. Um, we've talked about, you know, the, the gross weirdness of Parker. Mm-hmm. And we also, I mean... Thirst trap o'clock. We also have Professor Walsh in this episode. <laughs> Out of all the things in this episode that could be thirst traps, I'm sorry. Traps, I'm sorry. Professor okay. Walsh. No, I love it. You don't understand. It delights me to no end that you find her hot. Anyway, She's keep going. So hot, you guys. Like I cannot be the only one. It can't be just me. I'm sure me. you're not. I cannot I'm be sure just you're me. Not. Um, yeah. And yes, like I have, I have, um, I have issues with college professors it's fine it's fine uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like but I actually do I mean I do take issue with Professor Walsh in this episode not because she's not you know a badass professor mm-hmm. badass hottie of the world she's she equates the id you know there this is psychology this is what psych 102 or whatever it is that they're uh-huh. in and she's mm-hmm. equating the id with not growing up and, right mm-hmm. uh, I mean we, but we need, and she's talking about food and shelter and like, we need those things to survive. So like mm-hmm. wanting to survive is not like, it's bad right. psychology. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing, this is for five seconds in our, in our TV right. show where we really want to get on to the, you know, magical bad beer, but mm-hmm. the it and the pleasure principle, and I see what we're doing, but we're not quite doing it. And it's just like, could you have cracked a psych yeah. textbook? Like just. Yeah. A little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But what I do, where where I can I can smooth it over, because I love Professor Walsh and I want her to be right and happy and good and all things, is that right. I like it. It works for her. I mean, we're going to find out. We're going to find out that she's a super yeah. evil babe in her underground mm-hmm. lair. Um, so the idea that, like, the survival instinct would make yeah. you weak is so mm-hmm. that's uh, that is so season villain you yeah. know greatness but yeah it bothered me because the psych it's bad psychology and mm-hmm. i don't like it um and of course buffy also steals a sandwich in mm-hmm. psych class which i mean you talk about that but i don't believe yeah. for a second that maggie walsh would allow eating in class oh no she would not tolerate no. eating nor would she tolerate all of that talking and giggling parker and right. his his yes. girl conquest i'm like professor uh, yeah. Walsh would shut that shit down i'm like exactly uh-uh. she would no way yeah. no she absolutely would also like buffy steals the sandwich and it is just a very uncomfortable visual in that moment because here we have a woman of color just trying to eat a sandwich <laughs> yeah. Right, black woman and then just this eating her white... sandwich in class. <laughs> right, She's got a hustle, right. man. <laughs> exactly, you know. And then oh, this white woman just snatches it out of her hand and eats it. And I feel like there is a very uncomfortable analog for kind of like what white people have been doing to black people for a really super long time. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's a spotlight that I you know that made me like cringe, and it should because it is a little too close to the truth. Um, and, uh, although it's worse than stealing a sandwich in real life. Um, so yeah, I don't know that, that gave me a moment of like, Oh no, you know, nice little metaphorical, uh, mm-hmm. visual there for yeah. speaking of 
socio-political economic word salad. Oh, yeah. But see, like, and here we go again. It's like you put these little, there are these little gems of like, oh, there it is. There's the, mm-hmm. there's the dynamic that we really want to be talking about if we're going to be, you know, oh, God, the, mm-hmm. the cave bros, the cave bros, oh. the douchey, uh. douchey. Douchey. They're okay, so gross. douchey. Oh my word. I mean, yeah. We are the future of this country and you keep the bowl of peanuts full. I mean, oh my junior God. men's rights activist of the month. Like seriously. Give yeah. this guy a trophy to drink his beer out of. <laughs> and when he says when he says, We are what these girls want, um, girls, uh-huh. show of hands, anyone? <laughs> Yeah, the girls did not seem terribly impressed with these guys. Well, I love that the girl that he approaches, uh, Paula, who's talking to Mm -hmm. Xander about how super her day was because they got their sorority pins. Um, And she designed them. She designed them. And she's (laughs) genuinely like. I love that. I actually really liked her. Yeah. Yeah. she She was great. But, you know, of course, of course, you know, mint shirt dude bro number one sidles mm-hmm. up to her and is like this is an ab dyad wherein blah 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 oh, she does God. not look impressed and you and she shouldn't be and you notice she's not she doesn't go back to the table with them yeah when yeah when buffy goes over there it's four dudes and her <laughs> and I'm, I like, know. I'm like i really uh, something tells me that that your idea about we're what these girls want is not accurate just based on like the data (laughs) it's just Mm -hmm. not there um (laughs) and later oh my god lonnie when he says you're a very beautiful girl who should be covered with men is this Uh, straight culture is this what heterosexual people do in bars i'm i'm so uncomfortable (laughs) right now I don't, I will say that um, nobody's ever said that to me in a bar. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that ever. I mean, I I think I've heard variations on that, not covered with men, but, you know, you have options, you have your choices, you know, this kind of thing. Like, you hear that, um, but should be covered covered with with men men. kind of feels like, like, it has the same kind of... um, You know, should be covered with pox, you know, should be covered with shingles. Like, there's just something about that that feels like it's um, like it's going to a very different bad medical place. Like, I don't know. It just feels weird to me. It's a weird sentence construction. Oh, shit. I'm breaking out in men. I'm breaking out in men, baby. Itchy. And oh, God. Oh, God. Covered in men. I'm covered in men. But they do the dude bros and then later the cave bros really mm-hmm. serve their purpose in the narrative well. Oh, yeah. They are so oh, yeah. hateable. They are so, mm-hmm. so hateable and so full of themselves with their mm-hmm. Oh, Thomas Aquinas. Oh, it's oh, so God. gross. No, it's such pseudo-intellectual posturing it's horrible it's like it's like they're having a voca- like a college vocabulary dick measuring contest yeah. oh yeah like i can use a bigger word than this guy it's exactly unreal. and use it and not know what it means and clearly <laughs> not know what it means or what you're talking about yep. you know yep. um it's one thing to use terminology when you're having a discussion with somebody and you're like both in the field or whatever and you're you know you're like have a certain level of expertise or whatever in the discussion 
That's one thing. But when it's such clear posturing, uh, people use when people are using you can tell the difference between like somebody who says something like the, you know, political ramifications of um, of bioengineering or whatever, the geopolitical uh, ramifications of bioengineering. You can hear that as somebody saying that who actually knows what they're talking about and is talking to somebody who knows exactly what they're talking about. And they are in a conversation like that can be said without being douchey, mm-hmm. you know, but the fact that like the way he says it when he clearly has no idea. Like, yeah, why don't you go ahead, dude, bro, and explain to me all about that? You know, give me a complicated argument about that. That's not just a, you know, a plagiarism from your textbook, you know, (laughs) give me an original goddamn thought and then maybe we'll talk. Um, So, yeah, no, that's it's so, so irritating. And then, of course, they turn into manimals. And the one I I gotta give I I gotta give it out gotta give it up for the one guy who gets stuck in his shirt. He's taking Aww. his shirt off and then he like suddenly can't quite he like he forgets mm-hmm. how to shirt like mid yes. shirt removal. <laughs> it's delightful. It's kind so of adorable. Funny. Yeah. It's so funny. They're mm-hmm. kind of great as their yeah their cave bro persona yeah i don't know but then you know and yes like it's very literal like beer turns them into these grunting you know Mm -hmm. chest thumping neanderthals right and all right like i see what you did there but it's it's kind of funny (laughs) i kind of like it um (laughs) yeah and i'm not like i'm not proud of this fact i don't think it's particularly sophisticated writing but like turning these pseudo intellectual guys into you know animals essentially is right Mm kind of great um it is it's really fun it's kind of great especially because we're cutting back and forth between this scene at the bar or at the pub and parker talking to willow at the grotto where he's Uh like I don't mean this in a bad way, but I do get to know a lot of women. And I'm like, I need a tongue scraper and a shower. Like, the oh, God. Like, I just need, like, can I just, you know, put my, he's so, he's so awful. He's so Mm -hmm. awful. So we're seeing these guys, you know, transforming into, into cavemen. And then we have this mm-hmm. this guy who sounds all sweet and sensitive, who's, try, you know, Willow, can I tell you something kind of private? Just that I've enjoyed talking to you, <laughs> enjoyed talking with right. you here tonight. That's not private, yeah. Parker. That's not. Yeah. I've enjoyed talking with you. That's not private. Oh. What the hell? (laughs) What the fuck, Parker? Well, right. He sets up this like it's some kind of deep, vulnerable confession. I'm so vulnerable right now. I'm being so vulnerable. It's like you are being a caveman. And, you know, and of course, Willow calls him, calls him out in just the best possible way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, how gullible do you think, think I, I am? am. I so love, good. and I love that she plays with him first. Yes, you know, she's like, oh, really? Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's uh-huh. adorable. It's so good. It's so good. And then she says, the only thing you're thinking about is how long before you can jump on my bones, which. <laughs> I adore Willow not getting the phrase jump my bones right. Like that feels right. that feels so accurate to me. 
It feels very Willow branded. It is so yeah. Willow. And it's also so great mm-hmm. because Willow, I love, I love Willow's thoughts in this scene on mm-hmm. yeah. men and the sex. <laughs> Yes. Not because not because she's right, but because as a mm-hmm. first year in college, I feel like she's right where she needs to be, right. like developmentally. Like she's just she is making some connections about how yes. the mm-hmm. world of heterosexual interaction works, and it's <laughs> it is very again very on brand for Willow. So mm-hmm. so so delightful. And, you know, yeah, it's a little clunky. Her, like, you know, men haven't changed since the dawn of time. And then the cave bros Mm -hmm. break in. But, you know, it's a comedy episode of Buffy. What do you guys want? (laughs) Right, exactly. Basically, I am now a beer bad apologist. Like, I think this episode is actually really good. I like it. I think it's... It it is actually good. There's good stuff here. I mean, and Willow. Willow is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yes. Willow trying to be tanked and friendless for Xander when he <laughs> so he can practice yeah so great you know uh, and at the bronze Oz says you got a table and she says I had to kill a man <laughs> just totally straight totally straight face yeah I had to kill a man it's a really good table I mean they're right and he just yes ands with it he's just good with it you know and I love that that like it's obviously cute and funny he doesn't laugh he plays it yes. you know, he plays it through I love yeah, that yeah and it shows you that connection between mm-hmm. Willow and Oz that right? she's now mm-hmm. she's really she's she has embraced the Ozian humor yes exactly. and she's gonna mm-hmm. she's gonna you know she's speaking his language to him but then of course you know Oz sees Veruca Mm -hmm. and oh shit. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. I don't know. Veruca, I don't like, I get, I know she's a werewolf. I can see the appeal. But (laughs) it is absolutely like she, of all the people that Oz would be drawn to, aside from the fact that she's a werewolf, like that is not it. Like, I don't see him going for that at all. You know, that just doesn't seem his style. So, I mean, you know, I get it. She's a werewolf. She's drawing him in. You know, he's he's intrigued by her. He's kind of fascinated by her. Like, you know, there's this primal connection between them, whatever. Um, but also, like, when she sings, and we're going to see this more in, like, the future episodes, but, like, the way she grinds her head back and forth <laughs> to look more, you know, like, primal, it's just, mm, no. Yeah. Doesn't work for you, huh? No, it doesn't work. Doesn't work. So, do you like Veruca? I like the idea of Veruca. I don't like the execution Mm, of Veruca. I like the idea. I like the Mm -hmm. idea, though, especially at this point when we don't know and Oz doesn't know that she's a werewolf. He just can't, like, he feels kind of weird around her and he just kind of can't stop looking at her. And I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. This is this is some hell mouthy shit right here. And I just, Mm -hmm. and I feel so bad for Willow. I feel so bad. You can, you know, so they're so connected in the bronze. And then Mm -hmm. later when he comes to her, her dorm and they're in the hallway and you can just see the disconnect between them. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the whole energy between them changes. And that is just, it's so heartbreaking because Willow is great when, um, when Willow... (laughs) Willow's assessment of Veruca, by the way, dresses like Faith, voiced like an albatross, <laughs> is like fantastic, that. 
fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love her doing the little Veruca Oz conversation to herself as yes. she's coming back yes. to the room. Um, mm-hmm. But then, and then she immediately shifts gears when Buffy is clearly having a rough morning. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, she, at first Willow thinks it's Parker. She slept with Parker again. No, it was four really smart guys. And Willow goes, <laughs> oh, ow. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. I, but I love that it's like, are you okay? Do you want to talk about mm-hmm. it? Like, there's no judgment. Yeah. There's just concern. Yeah. Like, you can tell yeah. the look crosses her face and like, Willow Willow is not down for group sex. But if right. Buffy wants to mm-hmm. engage she's, with that, yeah, she's, like, she's going to support. She's going to be supportive. Yeah. She's going to be, she's going to mm-hmm. be concerned, but supportive. Yes. But not yes. judgmental. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah, no, it's really nice. I love, I mean, I love Willow and Buffy together forever. So good. Mm-hmm. But yeah. best friends forever, you guys. And then, I of, know. And then, of course, you know, the, the height of the Willow Buffy friendship in this episode Willow going to mm-hmm. Parker, Willow right. confronting Parker on Buffy's behalf. Now, I don't know. I don't know what your take is on this, but this feels like one of those uh-huh. things that your friends do, and in the moment, it's completely mortifying. Like if yes. my friend Willow went to, you know, do something like this for me, I would be so pissed. But then, yes. later on, like you look back on it and you're like, oh my god, that was so badass when you confronted that guy who was a complete, exactly, you know douche canoe to me exactly this is the kind of thing that i have to uh hold myself back from doing (laughs) on a regular basis like i have thoughts about things that i would like to share with significant others and bad boyfriends and all of that kind of stuff i don't generally generally okay sometimes i do generally i don't but i have that deep like very protective streak in me where if somebody messes with one of my people um i i really have to stop myself from stepping into the middle of it and i don't because i feel like people have their autonomy if there's something that they want to say to this person who did something to them then that's great and i will support it but they don't have to and also none of my goddamn business mm. like really you know it's none of willow's business mm-hmm. i love it i love that she does it i think that you can both look at it as you know recognize that it's none of her business and recognize that it's awesome what yeah. she does and the way that she turns it around on parker too i really really love but also i mean part of it is for her too it's for buffy but she's upset with oz you right. know, she's mad at Oz. She's feeling disconnected from Oz. She's feeling shoved aside from Oz. And so she's going down and kind of expressing that with Parker instead of with Oz. So while it's badass, it's also really kind of sad because we have managed to, like, get this serious disconnect between these two so quickly. It's just suddenly the relationship itself has snapped. And this is a relationship that, you know, throughout everything, we could always count on Willow and Oz to be calm and cool and easy mm-hmm. and good you know and now we don't have that and it's it's really sad so when you see her yelling at Parker as part of her you know expressing something that she's feeling about Oz to someone other than Oz because she can't talk to Oz mm-hmm. that's so sad yeah yeah and you see the insecurity with Willow and like igno- mm-hmm. like the acknowledgement that Veruca, I mean, the show wants us to think Veruca is sexy in a way that Willow is not. Um, Yes. That's, I mean, that's how we're supposed to read it. That's clearly what Willow 
is experiencing. Mm-hmm. And when so when Parker says, you know, can't people just like have sex and not have it mean anything or, or you know, be attracted to each other and not have it mean mm-hmm. till death do us part. Right. Willow has that little moment of like, you have a good point. Like, I still don't mm-hmm. like you and I'm still mad about everything that's going on. Um, right. And of course, she's taking out her frustration with feeling separated from Oz on mm-hmm. Parker for what he did to Buffy. Like, it's which is why yeah. I say I love her little speech about men and sex because she's clearly mm-hmm. working through her own shit about yes. men and sex and sexuality and desirability and intimacy and connection. Um, she's mm-hmm. lumping Buffy and herself into the same category when she's yep. talking to mm-hmm. Parker about what it means to have sex with someone versus mm-hmm. what he does to people, to women. Yes, exactly. Um, exactly. I shouldn't, I really shouldn't give Parker the benefit of the bisexual doubt, should I? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's... See, I'm so used. To, this is this is a problem that I run into. Mm-hmm. That I run into. I mean, in my life, but on this show, yeah. I know that the show is very binary and very like yes, heteronormative and heterocentric. Oh yeah, but of course, you mm-hmm. know, we like I'm watching this as a queer person. We're watching this 20 years later. Our community, yeah. you know, the Chipperish community is so like beautifully diverse, and you know, mm-hmm. like. Fluid and trans and queer and oh, you know sure. everything. Yeah. So I'm like I'm like I'm talking about men and women and I want like I wish I had right. a footnote for my speech that's like we all know that you know <laughs> gender is a creation of society, sex is you know like <laughs> your genitals do not determine your identity. Like this whole I want to do that. Right. So so yes, so, but ah, go ahead and do it. I mean I think that that's a great. I don't think that's a problem. I mean, I think it's a wonderful perspective that you bring to this and something that because this is so heteronormative, you know, and my thinking is so heteronormative, I'm trying to break out of that more and more. And you are really, really helping me. And it's just one of the reasons why I love you so much. Um, But, you know, I'm not going to see it. I love that you will actually take time to make that acknowledgement, even though we're dealing in a world which is completely binary, completely heteronormative. um, It's it's always good to kind of have that acknowledgement that sort of broadens those um, broadens what you see in it. You know, um, that you're aware of it being being aware, even being aware of it being heteronormative, as opposed to just this is how things are like that's when it's invisible. That is a problem when it's visible. You can at least acknowledge it and be like, all right, you know, this is a heteronormative story. We are talking about men and women. We are talking about, you know, straight people for the most part. I mean, way most part. Um, But it's good to have that perspective. So I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm sorry that you like sometimes maybe it, it feels irritating for you but I think it's a wonderful thing that you bring to the well show. it feels I guess what feels clunky to me is that I mm-hmm. like to like I want to talk about what what Buffy the show is talking about mm-hmm. and of course yes. you know hashtag terroir like there's a whole right. there's that whole piece of it you know you know mm-hmm. you like to you cite death of the author all the time I like to say the author is alive and well <laughs> and we you know like, <laughs> it's important to consider who wrote this yes when they wrote it who was you know mm-hmm. who was directing what were the cultural messages at the time but that yes like 
that you you could do books and books and books and books on that. So I'm always like, I always want to be like, okay, well, like the show thinks that gender is binary, and right. you know, like <laughs> in the same way that that you know, I would say like, well, uh, what like feminist film theory says that men act <laughs> and women appear. You know, like it's mm-hmm. not. This is not the world that we're living in. This is the the framework right. that we're operating under. So yes. That's a lot. Relationships are hard. And talking about fictional relationships isn't much easier than talking about real life relationships. So there you go. A little (laughs) bit of that was a little bit of chipperish behind the scenes for some of you. Yes. Um, Yes. It's wonderful. But yeah, but there we go. But clearly, I mean, we know, we all know, um, as a Mm -hmm. fully spoiled Buffy podcast, where the Oz Veruca thing is going. We know what's yeah. going to happen with mm-hmm. Willow and mm-hmm. her own, um, you know, not not just her opening up to her more expansive sexuality, but a mm-hmm. very different relationship. I mean, in just a yeah. handful, it's, it's not that far off that we get mm-hmm. the beginnings of this very different relationship dynamic six more episodes yeah right that shows up in hush holy shit Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) so like so in six episodes we're gonna have uh you know willow and oz breaking up i mean what happens over the next six episodes is huge there's so much happening yeah yeah and there's i mean i just love it i love when we can see the foundation being Mm -hmm. laid here in this kind of you know after school specially type episode but like here's this struggle for willow about Mm -hmm. sex and intimacy and being desired and what Mm -hmm. it meet like what that feels like and what do you do when you feel disconnected from the person that you're in relationship with and all of these things in this tiny little scene in this episode of Mm -hmm. buffy the vampire slayer about beer making (laughs) frat boys cavemen i mean right it's kind of great. I mean, and this is why it like, is and this great. is why we're talking about it 20 years after the fact. Yeah. I mean, this and mm-hmm. many, many other things, um, including including Cave Slayer. Cave Slayer. Talk to me about Cave Slayer. <laughs> it's so fantastic. I love seeing Buffy in this in this context and um kind of brought down to this. This space that, you know, we we did it to the boys, you know, but here she is kind of as a um, as a foil for that. This, you know, really, you know, smart woman with incredible power being brought down to this like primal space. And when she's in that primal space, what is she still thinking about? Freaking Parker. <laughs> she's drawing him in lipstick on the wall. Yeah. You know? But the thing is, when she's in that simplified space, though. She recognizes him as bad. Like in the beginning, she is, you know, maybe he's, you know, maybe he'll, he's just doing this because he's scared of intimacy. Maybe he's going to realize what's going on. He's going to want to ask me out again and we'll go out to dinner. Like that could happen. That could happen. Mm-hmm. This over kind of um, analyzing justification, rationalization for his behavior, right? Then when she gets down to Cave Slayer, she is, um, she's unable to do that kind of rationalization. She sees so much more. More clearly when she simplifies everything she sees him for the you know like idiot that he is she knocks him on the head not once but twice and i loved it both times <laughs> um i think it's just great i think it's great stuff i i find cave slayer and sarah michelle geller's performance just completely mm-hmm. charming 
I love yes. I love that we start the episode before before she's under the influence of this, you know, warlocked beer. <laughs> you know, yeah. Xander Xander is yeah, he's being a little pesky, but she's so so short with him. You know, stop flicking at yeah. me. Like she's just yes. she's got this like I am re- I am ready to punch someone. Like she is so <laughs> irritable in her her grief about Parker and mm-hmm. first of all I identify. I am a person who will let the mad out when the sad is what's you yeah. know bubbling under the surface. <laughs> right. But then when she's when when all of these these filters and all of her you know <laughs> like yeah. all of her evolution has been stripped away, you know you stupid. No, you stupid. Uh, like uh, I have uh, I have a very very soft spot for preschoolers um yeah. maybe that's because i participated in co-op preschool with both of my children mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i i mean give me like the two to four year olds any day oh yeah. and mm-hmm. cave slayer reminds me so much of my youngest when she was a toddler <laughs> want more singing want more beer <laughs> you know like uh, uh. I mean, mine, my kiddo, it wasn't, it wasn't beer, obviously, because right. I'm not mm-hmm. a medieval German mother. Um, right. <laughs> seriously, it was nutritious food for children. Look it up. It's amazing. There the go. history of beer is fascinating. <laughs> this is not yeah. the podcast uh, for that. But, you know, with, like with my kids, it was, you know, mo milk, you know, uh-huh. mo milk, right, right. you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, want more singing, want more beer. Like she's clearly, yeah. she's about three. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. Sander has to, you know, like any loving parent, like remove right. her to the door. And she goes, she goes, say bye. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. <laughs> like she still has that little bit of social interaction left over so like yeah. she knows okay yeah. we're leaving we're like gonna say bye yeah it's it charms the living daylights out of me i love it so I much love it. i love it mm-hmm. so so much and of course we get that buffy swivel chair gif Mm-hmm. I feel the need yes. to point out all of the very like gift moments and of course it's there's yeah. there's a special mm-hmm. delight. I don't know if do yeah. you experience this like when you see when you recognize something that has been like oh, posted yeah. to your timeline? Oh yeah. 90 million a, a times a number like, ah! of times. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, every time that like the um from the freshman when she has the steak and she flips it around her hand and she's all ready to mm-hmm. go. Like that's one of my favorite ones. And so every now and again when I see that I'm like, "Oh, oh, oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> Yay, that." You know? there it is. Um it's always fun to kind of see those those gifable moments sort of show up in their original form. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so the Xander the Xander Buffy stuff mm-hmm. in this episode is great of course yeah. <laughs> of course giles is gonna leave leave him with her leave xander with her to right. babysit cave slayer and she goes boy <laughs> smell nice and xander's like maybe right. not <laughs> like, maybe, like... <laughs> which i also adore because two seasons ago xander would have been like okay bye giles yeah. <laughs> you know um and now he's you know pulling away from her because he knows that she is not of sound she mind, is way you know? under the influence uh, yeah. This is how you handle yes. a drunk person. <laughs> exactly. That is exactly how you handle a drunk person. So great. And of course, Giles yeah. is just so annoyed by the whole thing. You know, right. he, he gets knocked over, but not knocked out. So, you know, good right. on you, Giles. You mm-hmm. know, but he's just so yes. pissed. I'm fine. Just get her. He's just, he can't believe. Right. He cannot believe that he has been called in for 
beer antics. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, at the end, Buffy tired. <laughs> like, right. Oh, sweetheart. I just... She's a giant toddler, and I just love it yeah, so much. So cute. I love it so much. I just want to scoop her up and swaddle her and, like, tuck her in. I know. So, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion about Beer Bad, but I love I love the caveman toddler Buffy. Makes me so happy. And, of course, cute. of course, it is the perfect vehicle for Buffy knocking Parker out. And, oh, you yeah. know, when she does it the second time, he's apologizing to her in the way that he apologized in her fantasy. And she's, exactly. you know, can you ever forgive me? Kind of you know, this big sweeping gesture. Yeah. And she just bonk. And of course, <laughs> everyone comes over, all the Scoobies come over and assess the damage. And they all concur, you know, and it was good. Yeah. And then they walk away. And it was good. <laughs> It's so great. It is so adorable. It is a, it's a really, really great. It moment. is a really enjoyable episode. I just really, mm-hmm. it I is really like it. I. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, there are even some little throwaway bits that are fantastic. I mentioned Jack mm-hmm. and his, you know, well, my brother-in-law's a warlock. Like, no right. big deal. Like, this is just how it goes in Sunnydale, and right. <laughs> that, you know, Xander has been practicing his cigarette lighting for. Ever uh-huh. that super yeah. that that girl with the super sleek bob hair? Right. Boy, I'm having yeah. the worst day. You gotta light like it's like Barbara Stanwyck, but in 1999. Yes, it's so right. good. I love that girl. Mm-hmm. I hope she got all of the, you know, um, character actress parts. She's so good, and of course, bartender Xander just holds up the little no smoking sign. I know. <laughs> like, I love- it's a great, like, it feels it. very Preston Sturges to me. It feels very, like, mm-hmm. night. that was a really, sorry, guys, that was such a nerdy reference. It feels very, like, <laughs> 1940s screwball comedy kind of yeah. a moment. Right. <laughs> You're just like, mm-hmm. She's just, she's great. I love it. They're, I love yeah. it. It's very good. It's very good stuff. All right, so, Noelle, what are you wearing? Oh, man. Um, Buffy's daydream outfit is phenomenal. Mm-hmm phenomenal Mm -hmm. she looks it is she looks okay i love that this is her fantasy of herself first of all yes like this is she is we can see in this moment what buffy's best possible version of herself is and she looks good Mm -hmm. and she looks tough i mean this pleather pants and then like a i don't know it's like a furry vest Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's foreshadowing her transformation into Cave Slayer, but she looks, right. I mean, she looks powerful. The music is this like, it's very like, we're, we're in a fighting video game. Like it's, it's yes. so good. Uh-huh. And her hair is just this like sleek blonde, you know, amazingness, mm-hmm. you know, badass outfit, perfect hair. This is Buffy's fantasy mm-hmm. of herself. And then of course yeah. it's a great little you know, the, especially the super sleek hair, um, yeah. <laughs> because later on, you know, her Emmy award winning hair, that cave uh-huh. Buffy, n- curly, frizzy mane yeah. of wild woman mm-hmm. awesomeness. Yeah. It's so good. It's pretty it's great. so good. I love I love wild hair Buffy. I love Buffy's hair in Halloween. And I love it here. Mm-hmm. That big, yes. big hair Buffy. Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give it to me. Yeah. Um but of course, you know, in this in this fantasy sequence, 
Parker is, I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about what else he's wearing, but at first he's wearing this red <laughs> coat. Yeah. And I kind of dig this after Buffy's red coat last week. Here's mm-hmm. Parker in yeah. red to mm-hmm. be this like symbol of sexuality and yes you know mm-hmm. all, everything that he represents for buffy but also mm-hmm. because it makes him stick out like a sore thumb in the graveyard right. it's so great visually yes. it's so great but it's a nice little reflection of the that you know everyone abandons me he red riding hood from last week yeah yeah no too yeah that's really and good. then of course <laughs> Then, of course, she re-ups it, right? And he's in the open shirt with the bouquet of flowers yeah. and the ice cream. And the ice cream. <laughs> I, I love I it. I love it. I especially love mm-hmm. the button front shirt unbuttoned. It's so yeah. over-the-top, brilliant mm-hmm. fantasy writing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I almost want him to have, like, long Fabio hair, but I think that would take it into a... A more ghoulish comedy space, but yeah, almost. Mm-hmm. I'm like mm-hmm. right on the fence about that. Um, yeah, but for Buffy's costuming, I mean, we get mm-hmm. these great butterfly pajamas during her morning yeah. after. Buffy has a great wardrobe when it comes to pajamas, and of course, yes, she does butterflies because she's going through a metamorphosis. Perhaps. I know. Um, <laughs> you know, and they're buttoned incorrectly or else they're mm-hmm. they're crooked. I can't tell. But one side when she stands yeah. up to go to class, <laughs> one side is longer than the other one. It's delightful. Yeah. Delightful. That's pretty cute. And of course, Willow gets to wear the best things on the show. Always. Mm-hmm. I noticed when she's on her date with Oz, she's got this leopard print collar. That kind of she's uh-huh. wearing this kind of funky sweater top thing, and it's got this thick mm-hmm. faux leopard collar on it. And meanwhile, Veruca's on stage in pants that are snakeskin print. They're some sort right. of print. Mm-hmm. I think they're meant yeah. to look snakeskinny. Um, yeah, I like I, I like these two having a little bit of an animal print off. They're, oh, you know, yeah, Will- Willow's nice. got that mm-hmm. because it is about Veruca's sexiness and also her connection to music, yeah. which is mm-hmm. Oz's passion. Therefore, yeah. you know, we're drawing lines and charts on our <laughs> whiteboard, right? So Veruca, <laughs> passion, oh shit, this right. is going to be a problem. Um, but here she is all, you know... She's she's a snake woman. She's a literal snake yes. woman right now on stage. <laughs> and poor Willow just has like this little bit of leopard print. She's got a little bit of sexiness. But mostly yeah, that really sweet. mostly she mm-hmm. just wants to take Oz home and make him soup if he's not feeling well. I know. Which I know. heartbreak, you guys. Oh my god. And soup is not like the I most know. sweet nurturing thing. It is. I mean, it really is. It's come very sweet. On. Come on. So, uh-oh, shit is going to happen between Veruca yeah. and Willow, and I'm excited for it. I yeah. mean, I'm not excited I because know, when Willow be gets fun. her heart broken, I get my heart broken, but yeah. Right. Yep. Right. But yeah, no, it's it's pretty good stuff. Um, all right. So, a girl power moment of the week. What you got? Uh, I really, really love Willow saying, how gullible do you think I am? I know. I have no. That's fabulous. we talked about our mixed feelings about uh, doing that for a friend, but of course she's also mm-hmm. doing it for herself. 
Um, so, you know, it gets a pass from me. And then Buffy saving Willow, or mm-hmm. I guess more accurately, the moment right before Buffy saves Willow, where Buffy yeah. seems to recognize Willow through her beer haze. Yeah. She's like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. this is this is a person who's important to me. And this is a this is a yeah. friend, you know, because they're I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're the best love story on the show. And they are and to have her. You know, I think Xander has just said, is there any Buffy left in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Buffy who knows her friends and loves her friends yeah. and will like <laughs> literally walk through fire for her friends is still in there. Right. And yeah, right. But, Buffy and Willow. Because that simplified cave slayer can recognize, like, that's the thing. Like, simplified cave slayer sees the truth. She sees the truth in Parker and she sees the truth of Willow and what Willow means and what Willow is. Mm -hmm. So she just knows, Mm -hmm. you know. So there is this this element of of like a very simplified, very true knowledge that comes with that more primal. Um, experience of the world and so I, I really enjoyed that um, all right what's your favorite part the Xander and Giles show I love them in the hallway, in the hallway? I love them in the hallway so I didn't know it was evil you knew it was beer <laughs> I'm not the dad of her like it's so good they're so good together yeah. I just love mm-hmm. it what's your favorite yeah. part oh <laughs> Giles always slightly disappointed in, in <laughs> um, my favorite part is the uh, the Parker bookends I love opening with that fantasy of him apologizing um, and then her just you know like not responding she doesn't say yes I'll take you back yes that'll be great she just wants him groveling for her you know um, after she saves his life and all of that And then, of course, we get almost the exact same thing at the end and her response is different. So it's a really lovely bookend reflection. You know, you see what has changed based on, you know, the the context of how she's thinking about Parker from the beginning to the end. Um, And I love that. I always love a good bookend. Yep. He's in her head at the beginning and then she hits him on the head at the end. And exactly. Exit. (laughs) It's a good episode. I don't yeah, care what anybody I says. I like beer bad. I think we're, I like I think we're coming down on the side of beer bad is pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. All right, that's it for today. To join in the discussion on Twitter, follow me at Lonnie Diane Rich and Noel at Noel Aloud, and use the hashtag Still Pretty. Or you can keep Chipperish Media going to the tune of a dollar a month or more and gain access to the live chat in Discord where you can hang out with me and Lonnie and all the Chipperish patrons who will slap anyone who asks them for their opinion on the geopolitical ramifications of bioengineering. (laughs) and a well-earned slap that'll be you can also show your support by giving still pretty a great review on apple podcasts or by telling your friends about the show or by knocking parker out with a club we will be back next time with wild at heart oh my god oh no the sixth episode of season four (laughs) until then say bye 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 (laughs) 